Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Rapavi. I am the owner of Devoted Columbus, and we are bringing to you Devoted to the Dirty Details today, our podcast. And I'm here with Michelle, who is our um, wedding manager with Devoted to Details and Devoted Columbus. She um, manages all of our wedding planning staff. And Tammy, who is the owner of De or Engaged Columbus, which is a video venue finder. So we're here today, and we're going to speak to you about ceremonies, kind of all the elements of a ceremony, and hopefully we give you some great education that you can take with you and start start to plan. So get your notebook, get your pen, and get a glass of wine, and join us today. We're kind of doing it in a little different format. We're on Zoom today. Um, just because one of us was out of town, she could contaminate us, Tammy. No, it's okay. Um, and you know, this might be a better video format. Our video didn't work for the last couple ones. So I don't know, you might see us better, um, if you're not tuning into Spotify. So it just depends on where you're, you're tuning in. So, um, let's chat about the first things we need to do for, um, a ceremony. And I guess that's after you've found your location, whether your location is going to be at the same venue you're having your reception or whether it's going to be at a church, what other places, you, you know, you're either at a church or at your venue, um, or you could be at a park or, or what have you. But once you've got that figured out, you really need to know who's going to marry you. So let's chat about who can marry you. Yeah, so I know that there are a lot of, a lot of people out there who just bring in a friend to marry them. They may not be religious or they opted to go, go a different route. So they just have a friend get, um, get, um, certified. Ordained. certified. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Ordained and they marry them. Can I just, you can do online now. And how long does that take to get ordained? Yeah. Um, not very long. <laughs> I think it's like get ordained universe or getordained.org. Let me just say real quick, my son got ordained a couple years ago. What? Yes. And you know, there's no age limit? There was not because he got ordained like a year or two ago. And I'm like, what are you going to do with this? But th the point of this is pretty much anybody can get ordained these days. And it is really, I mean, I think for some people it's really important to have that professional minister or somebody who's done it but then for others it's more important to have somebody close somebody that they love somebody that they want involved in the wedding um in there and i think it's through like the universal life church which means everybody is included you know everyone's um able to do it and i th i think it's a good kind of idea especially if you're not affiliated with the church so i i, I don't mind it i've done a lot of weddings where somebody very inexperienced was up there marrying them and they're always really nervous you know ahead of time because it's the first time they've spoken in front of a group or something but it is usually pretty nice and touching so yeah definitely has its pros and cons of course the pros is it's a family member it's somebody that means something yes. to you that's close to you but the cons are um you might need to call in a little bit of more a little more experience somebody to help you maybe run that rehearsal or walk you through it or do some research and studying on your own and we'll go through some of that today so maybe that will help you guys to be able to run your own rehearsals or ceremonies except for not i don't want to say the bride to do that like again but if you're not going to hire someone put somebody else in charge and this is a great matron or maid of honor duty so they'll need to they'll need to do some of the studying um, I have to say the church, like if you do, if you are affiliated with the church and you can have your pastor there, mm -hmm. things run so smooth most of the time because they've done a million weddings. Can I just um, say two words of why it works? Church lady. <laughs> yes. I one of the many reasons. Yes. I have never done a wedding at a church where there wasn't a church lady, and that's usually the assistant to the pastor or whoever who runs a very tight ship mm -hmm. and I respect it I remember my first few times I was like whoa okay but now I'm like respect down down you know love it love it yes. one thing with the churches I'm going to say too um make sure there is a there are a couple churches in town if you're at a church make sure that church coordinator who will be running your rehearsal 
is going to be there on the wedding day because there's a few churches where they are not. So they're kind of like, this is how you do it. Okay, bye-bye. Good luck. And um, you might want to know that ahead of time. That doesn't mean you don't have to book that church. That means you might need to take extra precautions or preparations for that particular day just so somebody can get you down the aisle, right? Yeah. But, yeah, definitely the church. And some of those pastors come outside, too. So if they're going to be at your in your backyard or at a barn or something, they might be able to come out. And then they have that experience as well that they're bringing with them. So that's good. Amy, in your um, years of experience, do you invite that pastor or that officiant to stay for dinner? Always. Always. Okay. Yeah. Even their significant other. So, I mean, it, it's just, it's just common courtesy, good practice. So you would definitely want to invite them, whoever that may be, to your rehearsal dinner. Okay. So, kind of, if we want to jump to rehearsal dinner. Any, a lot of people say, who, who am I supposed to invite to my rehearsal dinner? That's a huge question. And you are supposed to invite anybody you have at the rehearsal. So if you are requiring them to be at the rehearsal, you should absolutely buy them dinner. Now, some people then, that's that's the only requirement, and then some people will go outside of that and invite, you know, maybe some out-of-town guests or, or maybe some other people. But, again, that's up to the individual. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. And then, of course, you can hire an officiant, right? So you can definitely hire an officiant. There's a bunch of fabulous officiants in Columbus that you can hire. They're, in my opinion, they're really not that expensive either, but you can, you can go for inexpensive or all the way up to some of those officiants that will provide, um, extra, um, like counseling and stuff, marriage counseling. So if that's something that you're interested in. And of course, um, Usually an officiant can do any denomination, whether it's religious or not religious and all that stuff. So now those paid for officiants, do you invite them to dinner? Okay. I wasn't sure. I knew for sure you would do the, the church ones because that's affiliated with your church, but I wasn't sure about. Yes. And I'm sorry. I'm nodding my head and this could be a podcast on Spotify. So oh, the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to know. Very good. So, then, yeah, so, so as far as who else to marry you, I think that'd probably be, that'd cover everything, but maybe we can go into maybe a little bit of the content of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? So to lead, to go back a little bit to the officiant, you know, if you are bringing in someone who does this professionally, whether it's a pastor or, or the church or someone you hire, they can help write kind of the content, your your vows, your celebration, your unity ceremony, um, just any special things you want to do that will make the ceremony. Because remember, your ceremony is a representation of your union, right? So I always think that that should be special. And your officiant can help you you write that can help you create something that's uniquely you into your marriage. So I would say, um, and if you don't have that person, then things to think about are, all right, so are we going to write our own vows? Are we going to just read something, something simple, very standard? Um, what kind of unity ceremony or, or what, what type of ceremony are we going to have? So there's some things. What are your guys' thoughts on those unity ceremonies? Like, I have my own opinions on, like, say, the candle or the water. Like, what are your favorites and which ones do you hate and why? Wine. Wine ceremony. Anything without hate. Explain the wine ceremony for those of us who aren't familiar. There's several iterations of it, but my favorite and most simple is the just the pouring of the two. So you have two glasses. So instead of candles, you have two Uh glasses. And um, you pour glass, you pour the center glass into your own glass and you kind of share, um, like wrap your hands around it. That's my favorite. I just think it's classic, simple, but there's so many things you can do with that. Wait, so is it the same type of wine in each one, or could you do, like, a vodka and a soda and mix them together and make a cocktail? Why not? Yes. I'm just wondering. I don't know. Yes. 
One of my clients did that, actually. They did, and I, I, I think it was gin. Jack and Coke. Or Jack and Coke. It was one of those, but they did. They had one on each side, and that, that they made a Jack and Coke, and they shared it. So it was it was awesome. I love that. I love it. Let's go to the reason why we're doing this unity, and, and it goes back to this candle, right? So you have your – you have – you're uniting two families together, and this is what it's representing. So you have three candles. You have a center pillar, and then you have two tapers. This is traditional, but then this this veers into all the other variations. So you have, you know, the mother of the bride lighting one unity candle, the mother of the groom lighting the other, and then the couple each takes one of those candles, of course, their own parents, and they light the center candle together you know, bringing together the entire family. Mm-hmm. So you can then take that concept, which candles don't work outside people nope. Nope. unless you have, you know, hurricane gloves, they will blow out. So there's, you have to consider where you are and what you're doing, but there are so many, like the wine and like a Jack and Coke or, you know, things and you can now it, it People might not have their moms, too. So then, you know, they, you could use your dads, you know, or you might not have parents. And you can use your, you know, whoever. But somebody representing this side of the family, somebody representing the other side of the family, bringing, a, bringing together the whole group. You can, and you, kids can be invited to do this. So children, um, it's been very cute if you're a blended family and you're bringing them in. It's It's adorable. Um, I've had like the knot, like tying of the knot. You can tie knots. You can, um, there's so many things in Indian culture. You can wash the feet. You can, um, there's just so many things, but you can create your own, which I think is super fun. So, yeah. um, you, this is where you don't have to be traditional. You can kind of take some of the tradition and be created, creative and twist it into your own ceremony, which I think would be a lot of fun. So yeah, that's yeah. neat. Yeah. I'm going to jump back because I did skip a couple things with the um, officiant. I, I don't want anybody to assume that your officiant will run your rehearsal. A lot of times that's an extra cost. Um, and then couples will be like, oh, well, we'll just not have them and save the money. Well, then who's going to do it? Okay, so just make sure you have somebody in mind that's going to run the rehearsal. And rehearsals are not always easy to run, especially if you have very large bridal parties. Mm -hmm. So if you have huge bridal parties, this is going to be, you know, you don't want to be the one to control the group and tame them and yell at that, you know, not really yell, but Mm -hmm. get their attention. It's just harder. So maybe make sure you put that on someone else and for the amount of money officiants charge for it, grab them for the rehearsal. Can I just paint a picture of what to expect at that rehearsal, kind of to go more into what you just said? Yeah. Basically, at a rehearsal, it's people you haven't seen for a long time and people who haven't seen each other for a long time, who've just flown in, who just came from their hotel, they're hugging, they want to talk, everyone's, it's like a big social thing. And you're there for a reason. And so as somebody who's trying to get everyone together, you need to get, it is so important that you get a boss, a bossy boss to get everyone together. Because keep in mind, you have reservations for your rehearsal dinner in one hour or an hour and a half. And guess what? Rehearsals almost always go over. Because it's gathering these people and getting these people in. So-and-so is missing. Who's going to stand in for them? Blah, 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 blah. It is one of those things where you have to get somebody who is, like, going to, um, you know, make sure everything runs in a, in a good order. So, yes, spend a little extra money and hire someone to run that for you. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, I think that's what I had with the officiant is the rehearsal. Um, all right. And then the other question is, should I do a rehearsal or should I not? Yes, do you get that all the time, too? (laughs) And and what's our answer? Oh, yeah. You need to. (laughs) Even if it's like I've had somebody say, no, I don't want to do it. We only have like a couple people. I'm going to tell you some of the smallest rehearsals I've run, and Michelle probably can say that, too, had the most changes 
Like, you, you're from the rehearsal because you think this is how you want it, and then when you actually see it, where people are going to stand or where, how they're going to walk or where they're going to walk in, you end up changing that on the day of the rehearsal because you're like, oh, I didn't know there was this tree here and it's going to block the view of this person walking in or whatever. It's just not something you thought of in the beginning. So I'm going to say no matter how many people you have, a rehearsal is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think about this too, is you have family, right? So you have family who they're not, when you think of bridal party, I think most people think of the groomsmen and the bridesmaid, and then of course you and your fiance, but you have family that goes down potentially the aisle prior to all of that and is seated. So it's a time for them to figure out where are they sit, sitting? Does it make sense? Um, and just, it's peace of mind. It really is. It's peace of mind. You know how to do it. You practice it. And so there's no, it takes, you're going to be nervous. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do on your wedding day. You're going to get nervous. And this just, you already got this. You've already done this. You've already walked this path before. Let's just, let's just do it. So, yes. Just remember, if you don't do it, mom and grandma are going to be hounding you. Your new mother-in-law is going to be hounding you. Where do I go? Where do I sit? What do I do? Do it for them, if for anybody. <laughs> just do it. It's so true. <laughs> but we just, we see a million changes. At, right? I mean, I don't think there's ever been a rehearsal that whatever we plan, and we're planners, whatever we plan didn't change at the rehearsal. I just don't think it existed. So no. Um, I said, and we were talking, I'm jumping some of the elements of that ceremony. Michelle was talking about, but it, you know, we were talking about the unity candle or unity, something to unite. Um, It could be any sort of traditions that are in your, um, you know, any sort of religion, any sort of traditions, anything else you want to incorporate. And this is where you decide, too, do you want somebody to say some prayers? Do you want somebody to sing? Um, I'm trying to think of what other elements are in a ceremony. So I I know that um, for my non-religious clients, sometimes poetry are (laughs) – poetry is a good good incorporation if it's if you don't have like hymns or or readings from the bible and so that's really good or just passages from books so those are things that you'd have to plan out prior of course and then can be practiced during the rehearsal so see i'm all tying it back in here for you um but so that's that's a good option as well to make your ceremony special yeah mm-hmm what other, what um, other I'm, elements? Um, I'm thinking of, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but elements to make the guests comfortable and happy. No, I think that's perfect, yeah. And that might be prior, during. We'll talk about prior or during. Yeah. I'm thinking right now, only because we're, this office is 400 degrees, is a nice cold <laughs> beverage when you walk in. To me, that is the greatest way to start a ceremony is to be entered with a water station or a glass of wine or something on a hot summer day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you know you're going to be outside and it's going to be July or August, think ahead. What's going to make your guests happy to be there? I mean, they're going to be happy to be there anyways, but yeah. A hundred percent. I love weddings. Like my favorite ceremonies is when, if you can afford it or if you can, you can make it happen is guests being met with an alcoholic beverage, Uh, you know, wine, champagne, something and have, it doesn't have to be like this whole cocktail hour. It can be, here's your drink, go sit down. Like it can be like that. But then also to your point, Tammy, so many outside weddings, don't consider they have this beautiful ceremony it's 20 to 30 minutes long but guests and we'll talk about that here in a minute possibly guests arrive 30 minutes prior mm-hmm. so there's especially the older guests yeah because yes. they want to see they don't want to have to wait and sit in the back yes so water guys water you know water bottles or just a water station is huge for those outside weddings. so yeah good great point mm-hmm. and what about my fit this is this might be everyone's favorite, but the fans, the programs on the fans, I love them. They never go out of style in the summer. I love mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So you have a pretty fan on everybody's seat, and then it is your, um, 
Oh, we should have grabbed one from our um, resource center. Just had show and million of them. Exactly. You'll have to come to our wedding resource center to see them. Yes. Lots <laughs> of samples. But, yeah, I love those because they're a fan, but then they're also something handy to read. Who thought? Yeah. Who can't work? Right. Yeah, and since we're on the outdoor ceremony chatting, we can yeah. say I've literally had people hand out sunglasses. So you should consider where your ceremony is. And, again, you know, rehearsal or going to that space at that same time you're going to hold your ceremony, where is the sun going to be at? Do you want to be facing it, not facing it? Do you want to be in a shady area? So Mm -hmm. just things to consider uh, is that sun and how long it's going to be beating down on (laughs) them. Cute little pink parasol or something. We you had know. a wedding with parasols. It was so cute. Oh, I have not seen that, but what a great idea. Oriental trader. These cute, yes. they were peach, but they were adorable. Yeah. I love that. You yeah. know, and on that note, you know, there's barn weddings are like super popular, right? So, or backyard weddings. And instead of renting chairs, many couples will, they have hay bales. Mm-hmm. Something to consider for that piece mm-hmm. is they, they get wet. They get wet overnight. If it's just dewy, they get really kind of disgusting. So thinking about, okay, well, what are my guests going to sit on? They're they're coming to a wedding, and they're probably not going to – most are not going to be in jeans, even though it's outside, right? Mm -hmm. So got to think about those kinds of things as well. So. Um, I've had, I've done weddings where they have the hay bales, but then they put some pretty material on top. Ladies or, yeah, doilies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, just cover your hay. (laughs) (laughs) so seats are huge i mean a lot of times you're renting chairs and you have to be god we could go into 20 million things but you have to be careful of when you put those chairs up and they're not too early or they're not overnight because you you might have bird poop you might have to wipe them all down because they're wet from the dew from rain, I mean, from the element. So it's always best to get those chairs set up maybe like an hour before the ceremony. I know that sounds yeah, that's probably the best case scenario. And which mm-hmm. seats should be reserved? Oh, okay. Yeah. So you want to take this one, Michelle? So, so it, depend, it depends. But generally, the first row is reserved for the immediate family. And so we're talking moms and dads in the first two seats. Or if you have step parents, you know, those that first row, um, maybe siblings, maybe grandparents, if they're walking down and can, can get up to that point. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, depending on how large your family is, your immediate family, or you know, slightly extended, maybe the first two rows or first, sometimes first three, it just depends. But generally, it's the first row for smaller weddings. Mm-hmm. But that brings up a point, too. I get this question a lot. They, um, Our clients don't always know how many seats are in each row. So if you can, if you're getting married at a church or at a venue, ask that question so that you know how to place people. Mm -hmm. And most, a lot of the time for the outdoor ones, um, you can tell them exactly the amount of chairs you want in those rows. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't look weird or random people don't come and sit with the family. Mm -hmm. So, and then along those lines, (laughs) it's, 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 Who's going to seat these guests, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I always, like, because even if we're hired as wedding planners, we don't know who your family is. You know, we'll know who maybe who the rehearsal did, Mm -hmm. you know, the people at the rehearsal were. Um, And we can seat them, but we might not know who uncle, you know, the people that weren't there. Um, But if you don't have someone that, you know, if you don't have a planner, you just need to have a family member. Choose a family member that will seat guests that know which side or where they're supposed to be seated. Um, but, you know, there's many, you could have ushers, right? Ushers can, it does not have to be anybody in your bridal party, but they can be separate from your bridal party. They don't have to wear tuxedos or, um, or suits, but they're dressed a little nicer, maybe, at least a tie. It depends on the style of your wedding, I guess. Um, but they can usher the guests to their, you know, to the rows and their seats and make sure nobody sits in those reserved rows. Um, or you can have your 
your guys, you know, um, the groomsmen seat, but I always let the best man stay with the groom. So he has somebody hanging with them. So don't make the best man do the seating of the guests, just the groomsmen. If you don't have ushers, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So I was on our Facebook group called Ohio Brides Helping Brides um, the other day, and this is where brides ask each other questions and that sort of thing. So, what, Jamie, I, I actually both of you guys, this is a great question because I remember having the same question when I got married, but when it comes to giving the bride away or ushering, you know, having somebody give you away, um, I know this gets sticky, and as time goes on, there's dad, there's stepdad. Sometimes there's no dad. Sometimes there's mom. Sometimes there's brother. Um, any rules or any opinions on this? Um, That's so hard. It is a hard one. I'll tell you what happened in my family. So my, um, I have a dad and a stepdad, and my sister got married before me, and she had, I forgot which one walker halfway, and then the mm -hmm. other one walker the second half. Nice. I had nobody. I just walked myself down, which I kind of regret, you know. I know Jamie's Aww. like, have somebody. Yeah. Well, you're just, you're just, you're, yeah. I've seen probably the least amount of brides go alone. But whenever I see them wanting to go alone, I get nervous for them because you don't know your nerves on the day of. You may think that you, I've got it, I've got it, but you might also lose it. So yeah. um, it's it's strong to do that, but why not just choose someone that's close to you, whether it's your mom or your brother or your uncle. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with going down with your mom. I went, I did go down with my dad, which I can't believe I did that because I feel like I was kind of one that would go down with both my parents because my mom was my best friend. So I'm like, why didn't I go down with both my parents? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went down with both. You did? Yeah. Awesome. I love the connectedness. Like, I loved, my favorite part about my ceremony was that I incorporated all my family together. Like, they didn't, like, we weren't separated. Like, that was really important to me. But that's, it, it just depends on the priority or, like, how you're feeling about it. I've seen couples go down together. I've seen, I've seen yeah. bride and groom go down together. Oh, it's not my favorite. But I think that's yeah. If, if they're going down together, that means they would have done a first look earlier in the day and mm -hmm. got their pictures taken. Which then I think, why not? It's different, but mm -hmm. their own, right? I love it. Um, sidebar, but on a related note, because I've seen this firsthand. If you do have two people, make sure your aisle is wider than it normally would be. Good idea. Or three people rather than two. Yeah, it's just a sidebar, but it's just one of those little things you don't think about. Well, it's yeah. really, you have super to important you tell whoever's setting up your ceremony that. Very yeah. important. Because they won't know that if you don't tell them. Mm -mm. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. We'll assume. Just right. assume. Yeah. Um, then let's talk about, too, um, maybe sound and music mm -hmm. for your ceremony, even um, speaking. So yeah. do you guys want to go on that? Well, I think it's important. I hate going to weddings where it's like, oh, what would they say? You know, one's loud and one's low. Um, I think having the acoustics, you know, just having sound is really important. And one of those things to establish early on is who's providing the sound system. If one is, if they're not dynamic speakers, some people are, some people don't need them. Maybe your officiant is dynamic. You don't need that. But most people do, especially if you're getting this videotaped. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to determine early on if, you know, who provides the sound system, the lavalier mic or standing mic or how it's going to work out. So yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than like wanting to hear all the vows. Cause usually they're kind of funny. Like, you know, I love the weddings that they add a little joke here and there calms the nerves, but yeah. you miss that, especially sitting in the back. It's like, ugh, I'm missing the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So sound yeah. important, I think. The the um the venue might be able to provide that um equipment for you. Also, some officiants have that equipment, so you might want to mm -hmm. ask. I don't know if pastors might, but it doesn't hurt to ask 
everybody. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes nobody has it and you might need to rent it. Or um, ask the DJ. The DJ. DJ. If you have a DJ, if you're not doing live music for your ceremony and you're doing DJ, you know, or even live music, I mean, it just depends on who you're going with. So, yeah, you can ask your DJ, your live music, pretty much everyone, and hopefully somebody can provide it for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love that. And my favorite, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I love live music over DJ, just my preference, because when cueing, it seems like live music can, if there's a lull, they can keep going, they can go longer, and you don't even know that they're, like, replaying a song because it's live music. It just Mm -hmm. goes and goes, and it's beautiful. And then if you, like, cue them, they can go into the next song or the bride song or whatever, and they can immediately switch over it just seems like so so the flow seems a bit nicer where it is i don't know maybe you can do that with a dj too but the the elements of the live music and just that you don't get that every day you know it's something a little special i'm picturing the bride and her dad or whoever approaching the altar for some reason live music knows how to wrap it up and make it stop right when they stop. Whereas like if you have pre-recorded music, it's like, stop, you know, it's abrupt. Yeah. Live music is premium. Yeah. And I guess it depends on your DJ. So, you know, if your DJ is used to doing a lot of ceremonies, he can probably work some magic and make that just flow very smoothly. So definitely ask how many ceremonies have you done? Mm-hmm. What happens if this goes longer? You know, just ask your questions and, and but of course you're going to need music. So yes. what I don't like is probably uh, some of the weddings that we've had to do where we actually had to push play. So and we've had to do that. That's <laughs> tough, especially if something goes awry with everyone getting down the aisle. Say a child or a pet, where things don't stay on time. I don't know if that's a good segue to children and pets, but I've seen some great things before. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. It's the timing. It's there's no. I mean, I I have a number of weddings, especially this year that that wanted to. Um, they kept it small. They didn't do a DJ. They just wanted us to play a Spotify, um, the Spotify, uh, you know, playlist. Yeah. And it gets, it does get difficult to say, okay, I've got to, I've got to time this out because I'm the one pressing play and I've got to figure out the volume and then cue up the next song and hope, hopefully it doesn't start playing too early. So it does get, it does get difficult when it comes to that. Yeah. And remember, wedding planners aren't professional music players. That's not what we do. (laughs) It's always best to hire a music pro when it comes to that type of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, we're, we're kind of here to help, but we're also here to guide into the best possible way that you can make this work out for you guys too. Um, but let's talk about little ones and pets. I always say expect the worst. And hope for the best, because I think if you go in with an open mind, you're not going to get disappointed. You know, kids are unpredictable. Come on. So are pets. And pets, yeah. Very much. More so, I would think. They're not going, they're not going to go down the aisle. Like, you just have to plan for them not going down the aisle. And then you have a plan to catch them when they don't go down the aisle. Yeah. I do that with all my clients. Let's. Let's make sure there's a plan B if <laughs> they don't go or they're grumpy. Because they, you notice that they all, yes. the little ones uh-huh. are always waking up from a nap right oh, before they yeah. go down. Oh, always. yeah. Always. They're yeah. Always. always. So in churches, there might be crying rooms, but wherever else you're having your ceremony, you might want to find one. Because this is where you should be telling the parents. And you, mm-hmm. you have every right, bride or groom, whoever you are, to tell the, you know, the parents of these young ones, if they're going to disturb the ceremony, you need to remove them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really important that you only get this day once. And mm-hmm. I have literally had ceremonies happen with crying babies mm-hmm. and the parents didn't remove them. And I'm like going, I'm like in the back going, oh my God, 
what's going on? Why aren't they taking the kid out? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go get, I literally, for one of my ceremonies, had I carry lollipops, and I don't care if they were allowed to have one or not, but I went <laughs> on the side aisle, I snuck, I gave that kid a sucker, he was quiet for the rest of the, and you know, the mom was okay with it, so I was like, thank God. Yeah, that's an emergency. It's an emergency. I keep suckers in my 911 kit. Come on. So, or toys, you know, if you're, like, trying to get the kid down the aisle, you know, you get this toy if you make it down there. Thank you, Carrie. But the cry, I just, you, you, I just want, you know, couples to know you have the right to tell your, your parents ahead of time to remove the crying kids. I just can't believe you have to tell them, but you do. You do. Don't you agree? Yeah. Hey, I've got one for you. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about the rings and the five year old ring bear. (laughs) Does he hold those rings? No. So what do we do? So for those for those that are listening, what do what do they do? Yeah. What What's the point of a ring bear then? Well, they it's. What is the point? No. Um, they, <laughs> they're cute. Yeah. They're adorable. They're right. hold those cute signs and stuff. So we've gone to fake rings, of course. We tie fake rings in a in a box or on a pillow or what a, a football we've done, like whatever it might be that relates to the couple. Um, we do the fake rings. Please don't ever tie real rings to them when you have a young kid. Now, if you're if the child is more or the kid is more, I shouldn't say child more like eight, seven or eight, you could, you could do that. So, um, but they, they're supposed to give the rings to the best man or, and then who will give them to the groom. But we always make sure that that best man, best woman, whoever it may be, has those real rings or it might be, you know, it might be the maiden matron of honor have one ring and the best man has the other ring. So it just depends on how you're going to, assign that but kids let's keep the real rings away from that we don't need that disaster on the wedding day i just came up with a great idea what what if now i want to go get married just so i could do this um i'm already married by the way um i agree pop to the the pillow and say if you can walk from here to there without crying or throwing a fit you get to have this ring pop I know my kid is totally, totally motivated by sugar and food and candy. I mean, that would be a great idea, I think. I think, I think you've got it. Yeah. Good one. And Thank you me. may steal it. Yes. <laughs> you can have it. Yes, I just came up with that. <laughs> and then, so, yeah, kids, kids don't, no guarantee of getting them down. You practice with them. They may or may not. They might be super cute. They might throw petals. They might not, you know. It's whatever, and that's just what happens. They can come down in a what a, a wagon. Mm-hmm. They can be carried down, you know, really whatever. And then yeah. you've got the pets. Bring a pooper scooper, yeah. especially to the rehearsal. <laughs> and yeah. somebody who's going to take care of that pet. Yes. And treats. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the dog needs a handler, is what we're saying. And if mm-hmm. you don't have a handler, you got to hire one. And Hey, I'm sure Rover.com can do that if you just. I did it. that once as a wedding day assistant. Me and oh, Bobby, yeah. remember we took care of that sweet little Mia, that little white dog. I remember that one still. Like that was part of the job was taking care of the dog. The dog. Loved every minute of it. And to bring the dog home because there's yeah. somebody that needs to bring that dog home as well. So you just, it, again, it's just plans. So yeah. as long as you're planning for. Um, somebody to take care of that pet, rehearsing with that pet, and having dog treats. That was good. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then what else are we missing about ceremony? Well, we, should, we, we, we should wrap up soon, so let's go into some key topics, and then we'll end. Okay, real quick, this is something that I think a lot of people who haven't been behind the scenes wonder, but, okay, your kids are down the aisle, everyone's down the aisle, you have the ceremony, everyone leaves. Where does everybody go? <laughs> where does that beautiful bride and groom disappear to? You always want to know, ooh, where'd they go? What are they doing? They're the star of the show. Where do they go? Get out of there as quickly as possible and let 
all of the other guests go to cocktail hour. <laughs> Sign your marriage license if that's needed, and then get your pictures, your immediate family pictures done. Mm-hmm. That's what I recommend. So it depends they- on where, like, as guests, where depending on a church or um, a venue. If you're at your same venue, if they're at your church, you might have a fake exit, right? Mm-hmm. So the fake exit gets every, and this is if you're doing like a send off, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to decide whether you're doing a send off with its bubbles, the throwing of leaves in the fall, or petals, or echo fetti, or ringing of bells, throwing of money, waving of ribbons. What else can you possibly do? So the guests will be lined up outside of the church, and um, you should have maybe your best man. Um, then announce the couple outside and bridal party usually is in charge of lining up those guests out to each side. And then your, you know, your exit vehicle is at the end and the bride and groom are announced by the best man. They go through all the guests screaming, yelling, yay, congratulations, whatever, get in the car and they do a fake exit and they go around the block and come back in to do their pictures inside with the family and the bridal party and the rest of the guests go off to the venue for cocktail hour. That's kind of a ceremony, or I mean a church one. So. Did anybody just picture the um, ending of 16 Candles where the sister got in the car just now when you were describing that? <laughs> just me. Not that old. No, <laughs> Best wedding send-off ever, so... Um, but yeah, no, um, Michelle brought up a good point. You want to, if you want those guests to move on to the reception, then you as the wedding, the bride and groom or groom and groom or bride and bride need to leave. You need to be out of there because if not, every single person is going to want to stop and hug you and say congratulations. Yeah. So you are out of sight at that point if you want them to move along. Family too. So if you're not at a church or if you're not doing a receiving line, have a space that you're going to go to. Like, um, so the bride and groom, the bridal party, and the parents, whoever's getting those pictures, go to a spot, um, a spot in the church, a spot at the venue, and then the guests will go off to cocktail hour. And then the, the you know, photographer will most likely pull you to start your photos then. And if you don't, there's always a mom or a mother-in-law that stands out there and talks to Aunt Lucy from Tennessee forever. So, gotta get, gotta go pull her. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, here's something that I've seen a lot more um, recently at weddings is um, couples not allowing people to bring in their smartphones and take pictures of the wedding. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed this? I've seen a lot of signs like, keep your phones off, or why is that? Yeah, I think the main, so the unplugged ceremony. Unplugged, yes, sorry. Yeah, I think that originally kind of started because guests were taking their cell phones and blocking the photographer, right? Mm -hmm. So, or other guests around them. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think there's, I think there's other reasons for it now. I do think that people want uh, their guests to be engaged more because if you're sitting there you know how we are on our cell phones right my generation right we sit there on oh, yeah. our cell we have to have everything captured on instagram where it didn't happen so it's a way to be engaged um and not on social media and another thing i think is that they don't want it on social media at least not right away mm-hmm. i think they want to keep it intimate mm-hmm. my two cents on it yeah no i like it yeah and of course turning the ringers off there's of always somebody, like, just ringing during the ceremony. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine catching that on video? You have a videographer, and that's all you hear over oh. your mouse. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and then if the video goes to that person, and they're captured on video forever. <laughs> forever. Oh, the shame. The shame. The shame. <laughs> oh, I love it. I would stop my ceremony and just be like, I'll wait. Turn it yeah. off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so Jamie, you had mentioned something that I haven't really seen too often, but the the getting the pictures of like the bride and groom and the officiant with their back to the crowd. Oh I have not seen that, but have you guys seen this? Yeah, I mean it's it makes sense though. I mean, you do tell the bride and groom to stand 
or bride, bridegroom, groom to stand like this. Do you know what I mean? So their sides are to their to the 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 crowd, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then you know, uh, many times we have seen where the bride and groom stand facing the guests. I did that. Um, I did that for my ceremony. So the two of us faced our guests, and our officiant stood in front of us. And with their back to the crowd, the officiant, yep, with the back to the crowd, and they could see us. They could see, and we were just facing them. And this was twenty plus years ago, too. So um, I heard of it. I don't know when, but I just thought it made sense. Like, why do we want to look at the bride and groom's back? We want to look at their faces. So. Who cares about the officiant? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we do care. They're marrying them. They wouldn't be married without them. But the bride and groom need to be the center of attention. So yes, yeah. Okay. No, that's good. Yeah. The um the only other thing would be well, there's plenty of things like little small things we were gonna talk about, like making sure like are you doing a guest book or not doing a guest book along a lot of times that guest book at a church or or anywhere can hold up the crowd um so many times somebody needs to pull that guest book to get those people seated and keep everything on time so i found a lot of couples opting to do if they're doing a guest book or it doesn't have to be a guest book it's signing of something it's puzzles it's love letters it's wishes it's whatever um, they'll do that now at the during the cocktail hour, which gives the guests something to do, and it gives them time to think about what they want to say. So I really, I liked that that has kind of moved that way. Have you seen that too, Michelle? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and a lot of times I just want to say too for that ceremony, um, you are going to have some kind of decor whether it's on the altar, whether it's an arch for your ceremony or, or columns or candles down the aisle, um, pew bows or bows on chairs or whatever, wreaths, that all can be repurposed. Make sure that you have somebody, whether it's the florist or somebody else, take all of that lovely decor and repurpose it for the reception and maybe add to your head table or make it look beautiful. So just a way you can get two you know, two uses out of the money that you have spent, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, okay, what else? Anything else for ceremonies? Oh, I do have sure. a story. I have a story on here. Oh, gosh, I love a good story. Start from the beginning. <laughs> so I'll tell this story. This was a home, I hope I haven't said this already. This was a ceremony that took place at a home, and they had a lot of land um, right on their property, but past some trees. So you had to go, it was a little ways. You had to kind of go out and around to get to the ceremony area. So rain was coming in, and there it was holding out. It wasn't going to happen, but we were like, okay. We, we had. I was talking to the mom at the time. Okay, we need to make a call whether you want the ceremony to happen or not. We just need to wait a little longer. We need to wait a little longer. So we're waiting and guests are arriving and they have, they decided to have open bar before the ceremony. (laughs) It's at a home. Okay. So, so the guests are having a great time and the, they're like, I'm like, I need to know because we have to move, our whole staff has to move the chairs under the tent. So she wouldn't make the call. She wouldn't make the call. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have to. So now it starts to rain. So they're like, I'm like, okay, what do you want us to do? Let's just wait for the rain. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? So I'm like, at this point, let's just have the ceremony in the chairs um, where, you know, where they're going to sit for the reception. And she's like, no, let's just wait. Let's just wait. I'm like, are you kidding me? So it stops. The rain stops. My entire staff goes and wipes down all the chairs. And then the sun comes out, and we start telling guests to go and have a seat, and it starts raining again. Mm -hmm. So they all come back, and now we've waited so long, the guests are trash. They're trash, and it's before the ceremony. Mm -hmm. I'm like, should we shut the bar down? We need to shut the bar. And she's like, okay, let's just go. Let's just do the ceremony under the tent. So we threw together two rows, like just a row for the mom and dad on each side. The, you know, threw an arch up. I think we grabbed the arch from the ceremony and brought it under the tent. 
and have the ceremony take place with the guests still at the reception drunk. They were all drunk. <laughs> so I don't know what the moral of the story is, but you do need to have a rain plan and you need to make a decision and have a decision maker that can make a decision quick. But what do yeah. you do when it's the mom of the bride and she's the one that pays the bills? You nope. do what yeah. she says. So mm-hmm. yeah. it still ended up being a fabulous wedding, but it started off quite crazy. <laughs> I love a good California style. I think that's what they call it when everyone sits at their. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't know where that came from, but I love a good California style. Mm-hmm. You know, what would they have done without? I just want to say you don't have to hire a planner, a wedding day assistant, but what would they have done without one? I don't, I don't know. know what that mess would have looked like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it, they would have gone down the aisle at that point with drunk. Drunk guests I, and I don't know either. I don't know that the ceremony would have happened. They probably yeah. would have went right into the reception. Right. And just got married later on in the night. Just had yeah. the ceremony later. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so crazy. Or that. Anyway. So, yeah. No, I um, like to read the questions that brides submit on Ohio Brides Helping Brides Facebook group. So I would say if anybody has any ceremony questions yeah. or any questions at all. Put them out there. Um, put them there. We yeah. love looking at them and chiming in, and there's some great questions. Yeah, and for sure, we'll wrap up. Our next topic will be, um, we'll chat about the reception, but we just, you know, we're here for you as resources. Um, a, many of the things we offer are free. If you ever want to email us at info at devotedcolumbus.com with your questions, we're happy to help. Gosh, I had a bride just the other day. She called. She thought we were a venue. And I go, oh, no, I'm not a venue, but I'm happy to help. What are you looking for? And she's like, oh, I need a place with a ceremony and reception on this date. And, well, I'm like, great, I'll, I'll help. And she goes, let me get this straight. You're going to help me for free find my venue. You're going to call all these venues? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That would cost you money. But I am going – I have – I run many groups of vendors. So we have – access to throw out to the vendors, just like, you know, a fishing hook and we'll, you know, we'll see what venues are available and what meet your criteria and they'll get back to you. And I, I sent her about 20, 24. Um, so she's got a great start and it was all for free, just kind of a service that we offer. So, and so whatever your needs are, and can't, I'll tell you if it's going to cost or not going to cost, but if we can help hook you up with some vendors, we're happy to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, many resources, just go to devotedcolumbus.com. We've got our, our wedding planning guide. We've got discount coupons. We've got the wedding experience coming up in October. We've got resale market. So, Whatever, if it's saving money, having fun, we're all about it, and we're here to help. So, again, thanks for being with us today, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.